The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decision. Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Stock Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Nigel Finch, and today on the program I'm speaking with Peter Cook, Managing Director of Novati Group, who are listed under the ticker code NOV. Now, Novati is a software technology company operating in payments processing and cashless banking sectors. Peter, thanks very much for joining us from Melbourne today, and welcome to the program. Nigel, thank you very much for having me. I want to start off with just some uh, simple questions to get to better understand Novati. Um, so can you give listeners a quick snapshot of the size and scale of the business, say the headcount, the revenues, market cap, countries you operate in, that kind of thing? Nigel, we've got about uh, 100, 110 staff spread between uh, primarily Melbourne, uh, about 10 in Adelaide, about six or eight in Sydney, and about a dozen between Europe and Canada. Uh, market cap's about $60 million at the moment. And um, in terms of countries we operate in, primarily uh, Australia, but we, we do quite a lot of processing in Europe and a bit in South America. And we've got a range of clients uh, actually who've got our technology in Africa, Europe, and North America, uh, in fact, and Asia. Um, and, and so we've both got technology clients in those countries and we're doing payments processing into a lot of those countries. And Peter, for those who don't know your company, can you briefly summarise your value proposition, some of your key technologies and um and just help us understand the markets that you're operating in because you, know, you, you do have the payments, but you also have the technology solutions. Yeah, so Nigel, I hope that people would look at, at us as um, a company that's really exposed to that whole digital transformation uh, thematic and, and in particular in financial services. So our core proposition is, is that we will enable uh, consumers and, and business customers to be able to uh, do payments digitally wherever and however they wish to. And and essentially within that overall statement, we have financial licences, we've got uh, financial technology, we've got a lot of um, payment networks that we either control or are integrated to, and then we have a lot of customers that, that we are building on. So sort of multiple assets uh, enabling payment services. I also understand that you're in the process of uh, applying for a banking licence with APRA. Yes. So uh, APRA, or the government, in fact, about four years ago, announced that there would be a, a different, uh, a, a, let's say, a more innovative way that, that companies could get a bank licence and, and there was a regime brought in called a restricted uh, ADI, restricted bank licence. Um, Novati has uh, applied for one. And we were ready to be granted our license about a year ago. And then because of COVID, the, the regulator APRA has put a hold on those licenses until March 2021. But we are essentially ready, willing and able to, to get our bank license when it's available. The, the reason we want a bank license is to be able to underpin the payment services and customers we've got uh, with our, our own bank license 
and then to be able to provide more contemporary services for those customers and in particular a lot of the uh, international customers that we deal with. So very much uh, payments-led banking and then of course eventually it, it leads to deposits and uh, loan services. Mm. Well, Peter, McKinsey's estimate that the revenue from global payments in 2020 was two trillion US dollars across both commercial and consumer activities. Now, that's a, a massive addressable market. Um, can you start off with a let's call it a panoramic view of global payments? You know, what are the key segments and who are some of the key players? Yeah, so I mean, payments is really multiple mega markets and 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 if we i guess humanize it uh every time we tap our card every time we buy something online every time we you know pay our tax bill whatever service we do we're actually creating a payment transaction and generally one or more players are clipping the ticket for providing those services so the, the if you look at that $2 trillion, I mean, for instance, one mega market is cross-border payments, remittances. You know, one of the super trends is global movement of people and money. Every time someone migrates from one country to another or a business provides service in another country, there are cross-border payments. Um, every, you know, so that's, that's cross-border payments, uh, what we call merchant acquiring or, or a, a merchant accepting a payment. Uh, every time you tap in and buy your coffee, every time you buy something online, every time you walk into a shop and buy something with your card, that's an acquired transaction for which there are fees. And then the other area that we're uh, big in is is what's called card issuing, um, where, where you issue, in our case, a Visa card and, and people make payments with that. And again, there is uh, fees and uh, you know, transaction costs that, that go with that. So overall, I would say super mega markets. And, uh, and, and I guess the great thing about digital transformation is that innovative companies such as ours are able to, to come in and bring new services in addition to what people would traditionally get from the banks. And whether it be companies such as Western Union, MasterCard, Visa, Alipay, WeChat, we have seen absolute absolutely large uh, non-bank financial services companies that have created big businesses and uh, Navati is working to be another one. Mm. Look, it's, um, it's a very fast-moving sector. So can you tell us what's happening globally in payments and also some of the trends you've seen in recent years? Yeah, so I, I think, look, we're seeing lots of trends. I think the first one is just technology disruption digital transformation, whatever, we've seen, whether it be out of Silicon Valley or out of China or any other country, that that uh, people are able to bring technology to disrupt or enhance or improve what's happening in financial services. And whether that be, you know, online registering for a bank account, whether it be doing a cross-border payment, whether it be paying for something online or in a shop, all of these uh, business processes are being improved by technology. I think that, you know, I'd probably say another trend, which in some ways is a drag on the whole industry, but but also is enhancing it, is around anti-money laundering and, and related regulation. So if you go to the basics of terrorism or, or crime, um, 
and 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 even taxation. You know, governments have worked out that if we can uh, control the flow of money or understand the flows of money, then then we can have a, a window into those worlds. So anti-money laundering and uh, know your customer counterterrorism financing, all of that sort of uh, regulation and theme is is critical. And then I think we're seeing, uh, and in particular one in Australia, I, I think the requirement for uh, you know good behaviour with consumers, whether it be responsible lending um, or uh, in, you know just how you treat customers, that that sort of flavour is coming through. And, and, you know, consumers want to be able to do more. They want to have better and faster services, but actually pay less. So we're getting uh, technology and disruption being applied to improving what the consumer or, or business can do. Well, look, while I've got you, I mean, you, you know a lot about this space. You've been operating it for some time. Back here in Australia, how have the recommendations from the Hain Royal Commission uh, impacted the payment sector? And and how are banks and other traditional payment providers reacting? So, so I think the Hain Royal Commission, uh, you know, focused on, you know, we saw many of the emotional stories uh, about service and and um, lending behaviour and and customer management. I, I think that uh, what we've seen practically, uh, we've seen that the banks have one by one sort of started to withdraw from the wealth management seg- segment or sector. And, and I think in some cases we've seen that the banks have either withdrawn in part, that they've withdrawn in part from payments or have not potentially pushed on with additional payment services that they may have otherwise done. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe you could argue that the banks in part are retreating back to core business of you know, deposit taking and lending and trade finance. Um, but again, you know, the banks are also uh, need to be mindful of the fact that they've got competitors come, you know, coming at them or working with them in all of these subsectors. So if you take one such as trade finance, there are many companies that are working on enhanced trade finance solutions that are better for businesses that use trade finance, as an example. Hmm. Peter, how does Australia's payment services capability compare to the rest of the world? Uh, Nigel, I'd say as an overall uh, theme, we are very well placed. So we, we have, um, so first of all, we have generally a national set of regulations on things such as anti-money laundering or or standards of, of the banks interoperating with each other. And, and I compare that with the US, where payments regulations are, are essentially divided across every state. Um, we, we have uh, ubiquitous, near ubiquitous access inside shops of, of FPOS type terminals and being able to pay by Visa card, MasterCard, whatever. We, we have um, a very strong ba- uh, set of regulators. I mean, essentially, if you look at the GFC, we didn't have any banks fail, unlike many, many other countries. So there is a lot of trust in our system, and that is just absolutely key. And whereas on some occasions I might compete with the bank on something, I'm absolutely happy that we have a banking system that is rock solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think very strong regulators. We, we've got virtually the whole panorama of services. And, and our regulators, ASIC and APRA and so forth, uh, are looking to bring innovation into the sector. So they're not 
you know, it, it sometimes takes time to bring legislation or regulation along, but, but actually our regulators are trying to look forward and, and, and uh, set the scene for new, new regulation and, and new services. I, I want to get back to talking about the business and the sector um, in a minute, but, you know, technology is not new to you. This is something you've been doing a long time. Um, I also understand that you came from a military background serving as an officer in Signals, and I want to understand a little bit about your background and also how your officer tr- training and your, your experience there has shaped the way that you lead the company um, and lead the growth in the company. Uh, Nigel, we're uh, we're right into history, but uh, thank you. Uh, I, I left school and and went to Duntroon, and uh, yes, I, I graduated into the Australian Army as a, a junior officer in the Army Signals Corps, and and essentially that was really about managing people and technology. Um, and you know, I, I left the Army as a junior officer and went to work for uh, Telstra and Coopers and Librand, and then eventually became a, an entrepreneur. I think that, you know, uh, that sort of training and background, you know, hopefully gives you, uh, you know, a good basis for working with people and, and at a core, every business is people and, and also managing uh, technology and, and in particular, interestingly, technology in multiple locations, sort of spanning sort of, uh, you know, both across Australia and, and global issues. So, uh Hopefully, Nigel, people would say it's uh, given me a good background to, to manage a people and technology business. I'm sure it has. All right. Now, I want to lift a lid on your cash register. So um, can you briefly explain your business model and uh, and really the revenue generating activities? So, you know, what are the activities that are generating revenue and earnings growth? Yes. So, so Novati has um, a number of revenue streams which complement each other. And, and interestingly, the, the, as, as I'll get to, most of the revenues are either recurring or near recurring. Cool. So uh, as at the half year just passed, December 2020, our total revenue was a bit over $8 million. And, and it's been growing one way and another at about 50% uh, year on year. And, and within that revenue, there are some recurring revenues related to technology and technology services. Um, but the, the growth part of the business is more around uh, is payment transactions and payment network service fees and subscription billing service fees. So we're growing the part of the business more related to providing payment services and billing services to others. And, and again, we've been growing that uh, pretty consistently at circa 50% per annum. Uh, so in terms of revenue streams, uh, technology and technology services uh, billing services and and payment services, and the payment services are for cross border payments, for taking payments uh, online or in store, and for issuing of Visa cards. You know, so that that issuing business. Hmm. And can you talk us through the various business segments, and and um, in doing so, some of the key milestones you are hoping to achieve? So uh, I'd say business segments. We, we have been focused for the last 18 months on building B2B partnerships and B2B clients so that we are very, very embedded as a major player in, in the payments landscape. 
So, for instance, we, we, we have uh, partnered with Visa to be a card issuer in Australia and, and just recently in New Zealand with a cross-border payments company called Ripple. Um, we've been doing a lot of work with the Chinese companies Alipay and WeChat. Uh, and, and so they're examples of, of global partnerships we've built up. And then within Australia, uh, you, you know, many of our clients are, are working on networks or services that we provide. So uh, in, in, in terms of strategy, it's build these uh, partnerships on our technology and licenses. So if you call that whole layer infrastructure, it's like an infrastructure layer, but it's not just tech. It's licenses, it's people, it's commercial agreements. So building this, this uh, uh, substantial infrastructure layer and then on top of that building revenue streams, which are very much at the moment uh, B2B, uh, so that's the core of our revenues. And then over time, there'll be a lot more uh, B2C revenues. Mm. Yeah, and you've got some very impressive partnerships, um, which are obviously very integral to your service delivery. The most recent one you announced was with Apple. I think I've heard of them. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that partnership? So uh, so for our card issuing services, yeah. um, you know, we've all traditionally had plastic cards in our wallet and uh, many are moving towards having a virtual card in their phone wallet. And whether you're on a, a, a Google or an Android-derived phone or an Apple phone, they've, they've got wallets, you can store cards in them. Uh, we have gone through a lot of work to have our, our Visa cards accredited by Google, Samsung and Apple, and it's, it's not trivial, uh, but, but we are now certified by all of them. And so we can issue a Visa card to you that, that would be essentially digitally delivered into the wallet on your phone and you can do a tap and go with your phone. Mm. The, I, I guess the interesting indicator of that is that there are very few companies in Australia, really the, the, the banks, plus a, a very limited number of non-bank companies such as ourselves, uh, eMerchants, another one, that can actually do this type of Apple Pay and, and Google Pay. Yeah, yeah, and presumably for a, a a lot less too. I think the 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 cost of issuing that card um, would probably be a lot cheaper. Is is that a fair assumption? Yeah, so um, uh, it's cheaper in the sense that you're not uh, um, making plastic card and and physic the logistics of delivering that uh, plastic card, but but there are costs in terms of the security and mm. and the registration of the number on on the network and so forth. Mm. And finally. What can shareholders look forward to over the next 12 months from Novati? Nigel, I hope that shareholders can look to uh, a really sustainable company that is demonstrably growing in financial return and, and hopefully for their shareholder, you know, uh, actual share value return. But that we, just going back to it, that we're very sustainable, we're facing into the supermarkets and, and that shareholders really see that we start to bring home the bacon you know, that that we monetize a lot of these partnerships we've done. Now, we've been pretty strong in in leading with, with that or the reporting that we're growing at 50% per annum. We have a very strong balance sheet. We, we actually raised $10 million in the middle of calendar year 2020 with, with the purpose of, of uh, growth and and we're applying that money to growth. And, and actually, I'll, I'll just get to a couple of examples in a second, but that, that, so essentially, shareholders hopefully will see that continuation of revenue growth and, and in fact, hopefully 
uh, expansion of revenue growth and expansion of, of our network and our infrastructure. So, so one of the things we, we announced uh, about three months ago is that we would take our immersion subscription billing platform into the US. We have uh, a really good SaaS business there. It's been growing strongly in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we've uplifted the software over the last three months and uh, we, we've sort of announced that we'll take that platform into the US and, and that should uh, strongly grow the value of that business just on its own as a, a very sticky SaaS business-to-business uh, platform. The, we are a, we've committed that we'll do it in Q1 this calendar year and, and we're uh, on track to do that. So, so there's an example of, of essentially uh, using our balance sheet to, to extend a platform and, and drive for growth. Some of the other things we've done, we've been hiring more business development staff. We're, we're building up uh, and, 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 and probably uh, much stronger management. We, we've hired a number of executives who are going to uh, drive our growth in the acquiring and cross-border payments area, as an example. So hopefully, uh, I, I guess to re-summarise, Nigel, that shareholders will see multiple announcements about just the extension of our overall platform and infrastructure. Uh, they'll hopefully see more licences, including the bank licence, come through. They'll see uh, monetization of a lot of these networks that we're involved in, and they'll just see this continuing revenue growth and financial performance. Well, Peter, thanks very much. And I look forward to tracking the performance of, uh, of Novati um, over this time and uh, hopefully getting it to chat with you again a bit further down the track. Nigel and, uh, and, and those listening to the podcast, thank you very much. And uh, uh, for anyone listening, please, please reach out to me at any time. Thank you. Well, thank you to my guest, Peter Cook, Managing Director of Novati, for joining us for this edition of Stock Doc. And you can stay in touch with us through our Stockhead website. And if you haven't already done so, remember to subscribe to our twice-daily newsletter for ASX market coverage, company profiles, and industry insights.